There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Veda Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Ro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> are listening to and watching the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romoran, and Chino Liao checking in for this week's live wrestling talk. And uh, as you may have already uh, seen from our poster for this week, we're talking about Clash of Champions. We're talking about Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. We're also predicting NXT TakeOver 31 and lahat ng ibang news and headlines that came out from the world of wrestling this week. We're going to try our best to unpack all of that. All right? Okay. For starters, how's everyone feeling tonight? Wait, wait. Do you guys want to feel old? Because I always feel old, but I want you guys to feel old. Sige, sige. Sige, large. Sabi ni Large Fries, remember how you said, wait, bata ka ba, ba? Sabi niya, yep, ruthless aggression days pa. That's when he first started watching wrestling. Boy, ako din ako na. No, no, I mean, like, we, 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 were teens. We, were, we were teens. Really, you only started watching wrestling in 2005? No, uh, 2003. 2003, yeah, regularly watching wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I saw Austin on TV. I saw The Rock on TV, but I wasn't watching it regularly because my mom would pull me away. She would tell me not to watch it. So I only really made a habit out of it nung, ano na, uh, late 03. Sabi Mike Yap, you're not alone, Chino. Thank you, Mike Yap. There's <laughs> <laughs> one Yap. more old person in this feed. Thank you. You're karamay ka na, Chino. Happy ka na. Oh, yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> All right, how are we feeling tonight? Okay, uh, I thought I wasn't going to make it on this show. So I'm ready to talk about Clash of Champions and everything that we have to predict. Let's get to it. All right. Let's start off with Roman Reigns because he is the bell of the ball right now. Heal Roman Reigns, probably the best thing right now on WWE main roster television. And that match, that main event at Clash of Champions, it's not a technical masterpiece, but it was a storytelling masterpiece for sure. It's not so I, I was expecting kind of something that was kind of hot and, you know, uh, like in New Japan where they beat each other up because they hate each other so much or they're just trying to prove each other's fighting spirit. But uh, it was akin to those Lesnar-Cena matches or a Lesnar match where uh, Lesnar is the guy dominating it and you get a uh, baby face, maybe having a bit of a comeback, bit of a window for that 
maybe face fire, but mostly getting squashed by the bigger heel. So it was fun. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Gina. You can't really say that this will be a blood feud because, first of all, skill-wise, they really emphasize the disparity. Like Roman Reigns has always been emphasized as this better wrestler, the more accomplished competitor. Even with um, Jey Uso's uh, Chronicle, which just came out right before uh, right, right before the pay-per-view, Clash of Champions, they actually featured how he always lived in the shadow of Joe Anawai, a.k.a. Roman Reigns. Since outside of kayfabe, they are actually blood-related. And nakabuntot dage kay Jimmy Uso and Roman Reigns, even as kids, right? So you can always, it was always established that Jay Uso always lived in the shadow of Roman Reigns. Also, even if there was a skill difference, like even if he was an underdog, he still had respect for Roman Reigns. Like he still felt like he, he was facing somebody who respected him when it wasn't the case for Roman. But he was out there to prove a point. He was out there to make a statement. And it didn't matter if the person he was making the statement on was his cousin. No, I think it's going to be a blood feud. That match at Clash of Champions was only the first chapter in their story. And as you can see, Jimmy Uso already got involved. That means the whole family is about to get involved. As early as the Chronicle, you know, you got everyone chiming in with their opinions. So I think it's going to get worse, if you will, though the carnage... The violence is going to get worse. We're probably going to get some sort of no DQ or hardcore match at Hell in a Cell, if not an actual Hell in a Cell match already. What do you think, Stan? Yeah, I think they would actually earn a Hell in a Cell match. Because ibang level yung ano eh, yung bond nila as family members, and then they head into a championship match, which was so brutal, and with Roman having that mean of a streak in him. And then you could see na ano eh, uh, he has two sides. My pagka Jekyll Hyde tong si heel Roman Reigns. Like on one hand, he can be very smug and very arrogant, very cocky, but very calm, very controlled. And then on the flip of a switch, magsusprakcha. He'll hit Jay with a Superman punch and bludgeon him on the stage. He'll bring the Universal Championship right in his face, or even dun sa ring, call me the Chief, say I'm the Chief, de ba? Inuupakan talaga ni si Jay until he could beat that acknowledgement out of him. And I love yung, yung addition ni Paul Heyman as a layer. Because I, I wrote about this just this afternoon on smartkenry.com. I, I, I write about it in detail. But just to emphasize this as a podcast, Paul Heyman does two things in the Clash of Champions match that really add layers to the story. One, sinasabi niya na, you are my chief, you are my chief. Because Roman is trying to get that out of Jay, diba? And sabi ni Roman kay Paul Heyman, I, I don't need to hear it from you. I need to hear it from him. <laughs> <laughs> so sobrang kupal. It, it makes Roman look so much more like a dick. And then yung face ni Paul Heyman parang oh shit. Kasi parang alam niya na there, there's going to be something really devastating that'll happen to Jay. The second is when Jimmy Uso comes out, dala-dala niya yung towel. Si Paul Heyman na mismo nagsasabi, throw in the towel, throw in the towel. And Paul Heyman for the longest time has been characterized as this evil madman, evil genius. So when Paul Heyman is being that human, it means Roman Reigns is the greater evil here. And it's, it, it really sets him up as the top bad guy on SmackDown. Sobrang galing talaga. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. remember... Go ahead, sorry. Sorry. I remember listening to another pod. Um, 
the Masked Man show, and they and one of their right one of the guys on it used to write for the WWE, see Kaz, and he was mentioning how Roman Reigns doesn't move a lot now. <laughs> he just stands there and looks menacing, which is a great point that he brought up because when you're a heel, you don't feel the need to prove yourself to a face, right? You just go around doing heel business, right? Just, just doing you and not caring about the repercussions on anybody else. And it's a great point that you raised, Stan, uh, where, where you said that he, he's, he, doesn't, that he doesn't really care for how this affects his, his, the people around him. Right? It's only after his own well-being. So I, yeah. I like how that's being emphasized now because if you went into this match thinking that Roman Reigns isn't necessarily a straight heel yet, this match will make your mind will change your mind totally. Yeah, I agree. Sorbrang getting they really went 180 from you know babyface Reigns, which was already you know uh, kind of treading the gray area between face and heel. But now Sorbrang kupalnya to the point na. He would even do that to his own cousins, to his own blood. And Mayet01 on Kumu asked Kumu possibility that to the Rock. Yes, at this point, um, it's being rumored, I think, that they're going to WrestleMania. And I would be okay. To, I would really love to see that. Yeah, I want to see how far Roman takes it against his own family yeah, being at the head of the table. The Rock expressed his feeling that that's a great way to end the feud. Eh? Like if he runs through the Usos enough times, right? If he runs through the Usos enough times, he gets to go to the final boss, the very top of that food chain, if you will, against Dwayne. And I feel like that's a po- very poignant way to end this whole Roman turns on his family uh, program. He doesn't say, even have to fight against his own family through the next six months. Because eh? Mania is in April, October palang. And remember, Roman still has loose ends with The Fiend. So he could probably take a break from the family affair and then fight against yeah. The Fiend, wrap that feud up, and then go back to The Rock come WrestleMania season. Yep. I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, same. Okay, uh, we're saying hi to Crindal over on the live feed. Uh, she says, hi, Sir Chino. Hello, she's from the Batang 90s podcast. Yes, yeah. she is from one of the members of the Batang 90s podcast. Who I think just wrapped, they just wrapped their first season. Uh, so congrats to them. Oh, congrats, hey. congrats, congrats. First season, congrats. always a milestone in podcasting or any any medium for that matter. Okay, any other thoughts on uh, Heal Roman Reigns and the universal title picture before we get to the next uh, championship match we'll talk about? No, I'm good. Uh, we've pretty much covered everything yeah. that it. There is to cover. Okay. Uh, we can't wait what happens next. This SmackDown. Uh, Jace is asking in the comments, how about Braun? I don't know. Because it should be Raw Underground, right? Eh, as of Raw this week, there's no Raw Underground. So there's no si Braun. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares about Braun? It's a large price on Kubu. Feed versus Roman Muna para may conclusion na. Right? Oh, magkita lang tayo after Hell in a Cell. Feeling ko yeah. at the end of the Hell in a Cell match, kung yun nga yung mangyayari, uh, the Fiend will make his presence felt. They planted the seed ng SmackDown. Sobrang ganda rin. Roman comes out all stoic. Hindi niya pinapansin si Alexa Bliss, diba? Notice, he was looking straight yeah. into the ring, not even looking in her direction. Uh, add the fact na maliit si Alexa. And then si Alexa, possessed by the Fiend, 
nakatingin lang sa kanya. So, sobrang ganda na for yeah. two straight weeks, the hateful stare was a plot device because the previous week, si Roman was angrily staring at Jay Uso. And those angry stares, they, they, they weren't saying anything with words, but they told such a story. So, yung stare ni Roman towards Jay was like, ang kapal na mukha mo, how dare you think that you deserve a place at the head of the table. And then flip it to the following week, Alexa, possessed by the fiend, yung stare conveys, how dare you consider yourself the top dog here? Hindi pa tayo tapos. Lagot ka sa akin. So it says a lot without saying anything. So subtlety and continuity in WWE in 2020, wow! It's SmackDown, so I don't, I'm not surprised that they're able to manage it. But I don't know why SmackDown gets to do it, but over on Raw, the storytelling is a completely different story, which we'll get to later on after we finish. Sabi ni Mayet, one on Kumu, astig daw yung scene na yun. Astig yes. na yung scene na yun. Sobra, sobra. I loved it. You know, I loved it even more because Alexa Bliss was involved. But, you know, that goes without saying. All right, let's stick to SmackDown since it is the better show. And let's talk about the Intercontinental Championship ladder Ooh. match. Sami Zayn, your undisputed IC champion. Yeah, you can see me repping him in the background and... Sobrang tuso, pero hindi ko lang alam why it took him forever to whip out the handcuffs. Nobody ever thought of handcuffs, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't expect the handcuffs to come out. But then, I like how they used it in such a unique way. I like how they... Jeff Hardy's earlobes should at least be in the Hall of Fame. With all the torture. <laughs> that remember how Orton put a screwdriver to it? Yeah. Then, handcuffs. Pan, like, Jeff Hardy at this point... It's just a human voodoo doll. You can do whatever to him and he'll walk away fine. Right? He's, he, and I like how they started things off with a car wreck of just people crashing into ladders for 10, 15 minutes. Just good. I liked it. Or you could tell that it was a it was a ladder match between three old guys because they were all it was it was a slower ladder match than what we're True. used to. But at this point now uh, I'm also not I'm also surprised. That Jeff Hardy's earlobes haven't been, you know, destroyed by now. They were that, but with all the manipulation they've they've gone through. I mean, they are tunneled, right? They are tunneled, so maybe it makes them more pliable. Large fries uh, says the last time handcuffs were used was on John Cena and Batista's last man standing match. No, I think that was duct tape, sir. I believe that was duct tape. Oh, you hindi ba tayo si Batista, right? Oh. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sure na handcuffs have been used before. Shempre, we just can't remember when exactly. But John yeah, Gargano, I, Tommaso Ciampa, I think that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yun, yun. During that unsanctioned of a ladder match. It's a ladder match. Yeah, but this one was a ladder match. Yeah, I'm happy na Sami got it. You know, man, talaga yung prediction natin, di ba? Sami Zayn was the biggest personality, the biggest character heading into it. And he kind of needed it. He needed to have his fangs back. And he needed to do it in such a way na yung sobrang tuso, sobrang coops, and it was a way for him to really establish na I am the undisputed intercontinental champion. This conversation is over. So I'm excited to see where Sami Zayn takes this because there are a good number of mid-card baby faces naman on SmackDown not named Jeff Hardy. So I think he has a, a, a little bit of wiggle room in terms of yung mga challengers. And then add to that, my story pa siya with Nakamura and Cesaro, di ba, na inichapuera nila siya. So they can always come back to that now that they're all champions again. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot more wiggle room sa Intercontinental Championship scene than the World Heavyweight Championships, uh, the Universal Championship scene, or even the SmackDown Tag Team Championship scene. 
So I watch, I hope that we get fresher matchups this time around because SmackDown has been getting old over the past few weeks, even though it's been getting by with the Roman J stuff. Yeah. Any last thoughts, Shino, on uh, on SmackDown and the Intercontinental title picture? I, I feel like everybody's covered it as well. Although I will bring up the point that the draft is just around the corner the week after this. Yeah, next week or the yeah, week yeah next week, October 9th. Next week, Smackdown. all right. So, you know, you never know. Maybe they might uh, shake things up enough to make everything interesting. Yeah. That's the plan. That's the hope, right? For us fans, that's the hope. Now, it freshens things up and... For our viewers and listeners on the podcast, we're actually going to be doing our own little WWE draft here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. So we'll break down the rules once we have information. Kung wala pa by next week, we'll figure it out. But we'll make it fun for the podcast, like we always do. I think we've been doing drafts ever since what year one of the pod, diba? Right? Yeah, yeah. Since All they right. were drafts. Before we move on, we're gonna get to some shoutouts on Kumu, lalo na yung mga nagpadala ng halo halo. So Chino, take it away. Yes, shout-outs going out to Mike Yak, who sent us two halo-halos. Hey! Thanks, Mike. Halo-halos coming from Mike Yak. Also, hold on, I did something in the comments. Also, say what's up to the halo-halo coming from Ellen Bright. Ellen Bright. Thank you Thank for you. the halo-halo. Also, saying what's up to a few newbies joining us as well. Oh, Bayeto One sent us a kidding. Thank you. Hey, Oi, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mayat. John Ords, hello to you. Joan Roman. Joan Roman. Roman Reigns. Akua 29. Kuya Pins, a.k.a. Crow, thank you for joining us. Also, finally, a very special thank you to Dito Gomez. Just sent us a Perlito clap. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep sending us those gifts. Thanks, guys. All right, before we talk about the ambulance match and all those returns at Clash of Champions, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our other podcasts here on Podcast Network Asia. Hello, people of the earth. This is Red, host of Bago Matulog with Red Olguero, wherein I don't use this voice. It's actually a late night show podcasting na jigger. My guests are people who are very passionate about what they do, and we talk about that. And as you know, conversations are very awesome when you talk about doing what you love. So check it out on Spotify or wherever you hear your podcasts. Just search Bago Matulog with Red Olguero. Sobra social natin. May ad break pa tayo. Oh, hi. <laughs> Look at that for uh, so, super saucy That's... commercial breaks. Jace mentioned oh, yeah. real quick, Matt Riddle has issues. Actually, yeah, if you watched last week's SmackDown, he lost cleanly to King Corbin. And to me, that was like, I think that was the end of their feud. And they're really just leaving Matt Riddle with a clean loss there. So I think it's because of his ongoing issues. Recently, that he was fabricating some evidence on about his his accuser, and that's not a good look for him. So I think if the trajectory continues, he is being punished for that. So we'll see. All right, let's get to the raw side of things. Someone from Clash of Champions, we pag-usapan na matalaga natin from the card was the ambulance match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, where we saw the returns of the Big Show, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, and Christian. So obviously, wala si Edge kasi injured pa rin siya. A tricep injury takes forever to heal. So that's why ganon. What did you guys think about how that whole ambulance match was written? It was normal. I think uh, I figured it was par for the course, knowing how Randy Orton likes to work. 
especially the last man standing match from WrestleMania. I knew it was going to be long. I knew it was going to be intense, pero it might not have been everyone's cup of tea, but the Legends cameos really saved it. I liked it. I liked the match. But I do think that a big part of that was the Legends showing back up and you know giving Randy the karma he deserves. We're not talk- talking about the Street Profits. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the street profit you guys don't want to smoke? Uh, no. I don't care yeah, about no. the smoke. Uh, uh, no, I liked it. Uh, my only problem with it is, okay, even if the legends are validated in their hate of Randy Orton, I can't help but feel like it illegitimizes Drew's victory. Because it's four-on-one, That's what ended I did, up happening. I did. I did feel that actually. I was thinking about that, but at this point, hindi naman nanalo si Drew solely off their interference. Like I was justifying it myself. Na it did kind of stop Randy from winning. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But at least it still took Drew's hard work and you know own physical moves to put away Randy. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't have a problem with the match itself. I have a problem with the with the logic uh, going into the match. So that's great. I like being able to see that aspect. For found this, uh, it's typical Orton, like you said, Ro, where it's a little long, yes, but just a very, a very well told story. Um, he always excels, especially as a heel when it comes to storytelling in the ring. Um, can we just jump to Raw real quick and talk about how ridiculous it was? That he oh, just yeah. he broke into the legends dugout. That's what I'm saying. You know what? What is this Family Guy? Like do you just stare at each other for five minutes? Para patayin yung ilaw? Like what the hell? <laughs> Logic for forever. The man di manat siya na tataranta. You just What's get back on lights and put on the stage. What's even worse is uh, a fan. Pointed out that this wasn't real night vision goggles. Yes, exactly. Those <laughs> like ski goggles. No, they were, they were welder's goggles, apparently. <laughs> Dude, no, 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 would figure out that this was not actually night vision goggles. Way to make Randy Orton look like a dweeb. Yeah, yun, yeah. yeah. Poor <laughs> Randy Orton. Like, I was laughing when I saw it. How, how, is, how is this believable to anybody? <laughs> What's even worse is that the sound design they put in the sound effects. <laughs> it's like he was just hitting the the floor with a chair five oh, or six right. times. Oh, he got scream in pain, diba? Yeah, no was punch, it was he, was he was just hitting the chair five times. That's it. I have a question for you guys. Are you at a point where Sawana Kayokai drew as WWE champion? No, uh, I actually like seeing Drew stuff. He shines with other people like Keith Lee. Like I want to see Drew versus Keith Lee. That's fine. Should be fun with all the hard-hitting stuff. Drew isn't as boring as, you know, a Brock Lesnar or a Randy Orton. He is really engaging and exciting to watch, especially when he's allowed to be fast and physical. So I'm not really tired of it. I just need him to be booked 
in against someone good or against someone in a less ridiculous storyline like this. I like Drew as a champion. I will say, however, that I am not buying the whole underdog siya sa kwento. Like, especially with this but No, with this one, yeah. Diba? And who did he face just before this? Did he face uh, Brock? Diba? Between, between the, few, the few feuds that he's had with people, they've always booked him as an underdog. When really the guy is just as tall, if not taller than Orton. So it's no, super ridiculous, I think, was Drew versus Dolph. Because I could not buy Drew yeah. as an underdog. Yeah. Against Dolph Ziggler, right? So it doesn't make sense to me why they keep booking him as such. That said, while I do like to see him as champion still, because I remember the dark days where the title would disappear for five or six <laughs> months, right? As in, oh, no TV whatsoever. This is a this is a better compromise. However, I want to see him face other guys who are underdogs, like Keith Lee, right? Like. <laughs> Keith is not an underdog. What the hell are you uh, talking in this about? Scenario? In this scenario? Are you no. kidding me? Are you saying yeah. that he's going to... I, I feel like he is because he's, he hasn't even... He hasn't been winning decisively and convincingly in the few matches he's had on Raw. Take away the NXT part because, let's face it, the main roster doesn't care about his NXT record, even if they mentioned it sparingly. But as a Raw superstar right now, he's still starting out. And to go from... From a newbie to a number one contender in less than a month's time, that makes him a total underdog. Super hype, yes, total underdog. No, I would go by I would go by his size, and his size alone makes him not an underdog. But the problem, like I say, with the face champions being underdogs is that it seems to be the only face uh, booking that Vince knows, especially for champions. Like if you're a face champion, we've seen this before with Ray with Cena. Those guys won either won all the time or you know are almost as big as true. So Kofi, Kofi from last year. Uh, that's yeah, a more Kofi, example. Kofi fit the bill, right? But uh, that seems to be the only way Vince knows how to book uh, face champions. So the, that's the problem. Somebody else has to step in and figure out how to book a face champion in a way that doesn't present them as the underdog. So what's uh, I, I agree with you. You're right in saying that there's no problem with being a face and being a dominant champion. So I want to see that. I just don't think Vince can give it to us. Yeah, mahirap eh, pag di niya alam. Kasi masyado siyang sanay, di ba? Yes. Uh, it also yeah. doesn't help that Paul Heyman's no longer on Raw. And he's on SmackDown where his best friend AJ Styles is. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's stick to Raw. And let's mention the COVID absences really quickly. So, walang retribution. No Naya, no Shayna as well. All COVID-related, even though no, uh, none of them reportedly tested positive for COVID-19. Ang balibalita is that they all came into contact with uh, contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID. Kaya sila wala nung raw. So that's why there was no retribution segment. That's why there was no raw underground as well. Yeah, there's no raw underground because nobody nobody was uh, available for it. Even though you got guys like Dolph and Braun Strowman who have appeared on the show. On the segment, I mean. Yeah, we're not really going to delve deeper into this because we've already talked so much about what the right thing should be. We know that it's not safe. But here we are. Wrestling still goes on. So, we're still going I wonder okay. though, I wonder if this, ab- this break, this little break for, for retribution is enough to reevaluate where the creative direction is going. 
So sana they come back with less ridiculous stuff. Maybe someone figures figures out how to book them or write them better. Sana lang. I'm not pinning my hopes on it, but it's just blind hope. I'm I'm glad you brought up how a ridiculous retribution is being treated as because T Bar, the artist formerly known as Dominic Dijakovic, <laughs> is just killing it on Twitter right now. Guys, if you have five or six minutes out of your day, go check out his Twitter feed. So it's like he's in on the joke. It's like he's acknowledging the fact that T Bar is a ridiculous name. <laughs> and he's in on it. So I I like him just riding this this horrible train along to wherever it ends because he's just killing it on Twitter right now. Somebody yes, asked yeah, me. My pangalan na rin. Yeah, now reckoning, and she reckoning. made her own Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, a separate Twitter account. Somebody asked me on Curious Cat what I thought about T Bar's Twitter behavior. I think that he's intentionally tanking the seriousness of Retribution at this point, either. Maybe to save it or to get himself fired. At this point, if he gets himself fired and he allows himself to, you know, sign on to another promotion, that might be better than you know living with how Vince wants Retribution to come off. I mean, just ask FDR. Oh, uh, exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Other stuff on Raw. Let's talk about Aaliyah and Murphy. This is a May-December relationship, and it is getting creepier by the week. So if you don't know what a May-December relationship is, it refers to a romantic relationship in which one partner is significantly older than the other. So Murphy is 32. He was born 1988, and Aaliyah is 19. These are their suit ages, all right? (laughs) We're not saying that these relationships are not realistic. They are. They exist. But Aaliyah is also just 19. So that's the reason why Alexa Bliss took crap on Twitter this week. When all she was doing was being supportive, Dina manya alam siguro na Aliyah was really 19. So people called her out for how creepy her tweet came across. Okay, guys, uh, I'm oh. going to play devil's advocate here. Uh, as you do. And, and say, Aliyah is technically a talent, diba? She signed yeah. up to be an actress. So, sure, really yeah. what she, diba? so, really, what she's doing is playing a role. Now, in yeah. Hollywood, it is not beyond anybody else to be casted with a partner who is significantly older than you are. I'm not saying it's right, but it happens. Right? You watch, most movies have this, this disturbingly large age gap between the female and, and the leading person, in this case, Murphy. Right? So I, I would like to think that this really, despite being creepy, falls in the realm of kayfabe. So why are they bringing the shoot ages into it? Because they're not pretending to. They're not pretending for her to have a fake age. They're not saying that. Oh, she's actually twenty-five or something. Well, that's a fictional bio. Yeah, fictional age was different from Carrie Fisher's. So why is the why does the age matter then? Like, because they don't say any different. Because technically, the character's age is the shoot age. And that is still But creepy. I mean, it matters the story. You know? Why is it disturbing people? Why is it... Why it's the shoot age. It's the, it's why the why age in which we per, she is perceived to be. Yeah, so but why does it? Why are you breaking it into it? Is my saying. Like, again, like what Stan brought up, the Carrie Fisher and... 
Han Solo. Did anybody find that disturbing when they were Yes, at the time, I'm sure they did. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. The difference. Because wait, 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 playing an, an, an age that is older than what you really are, at least you are banking on the character being closer to the male's age. At this point, we don't have that safety net of, you know, the story telling us that Aliyah Mysterio, the character, is actually, what, 25 or 26 years old. We're only going by the information that she is 19, and that is creepy as fuck. She also said on the show that she's 19. I'm 19 exactly. now. There I'm an go. adult. And then Ray okay, also said, okay. 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 Exactly. First of all, wala naman niliniwala 65 million years old siya. But they're still in on the joke, di ba? Sinabi niya 65 million years old siya. Sinabi niya 65 million years old siya, di ba? Now, if, if Aliyah Mysterio did say she was 19, yeah, that, that, that settles it, di ba? And yeah, that, the problem is, in the absence of that information, you're gonna have to go by the shoot age. Like, that, that's just how it is, man. When I watch a movie, I don't, I'm not really, unless it's important to the story, then I'm not really concerned yeah, no, about how I agree with you. In movies, in TV shows, because I know for a fact in those movies and TV shows, the character they're playing has a given age that is fake and fictional. Yeah, we just happen yeah, to actually, live in a world that's hyper aware of all of these things. And remember, the character remember, happens to say what her age is. The other character happened to have his birth year on his shorts in a previous gimmick. <laughs> Remember that in pro wrestling as yes. well, we're also going by shoot details of a character's of a wrestler's uh, life. So this whole smart discussion of how wrestlers are supposed to bring out their shoot details into their kayfabe lives is is uh, it 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 waters down the story for me. Like like again, Sinapinay Asia, it's fine, settles it. But if the details don't really have anything to do with the story. Then I don't see why we need to bring it in there, especially when it ruins wait, the story. Wait, so are you saying are you saying that Kunyare, you're okay to pretend that Chris Jericho is actually thirty years old? Is it when you mention that forty something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he says he's thirty, even if he does not know, hey, hold the fuck up. Hey, if he says that he's 30 and if he does not look 30, then it's an it joke. And you're not going to be Luchasaurus, the 65-year-old It's an it joke. And it's a different joke altogether. It's that not a detail that's important to the story, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Does it matter? Are they going after a an Amber Alert? Right? Or is that people implying that this story is creepy? Is 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 lonely? Okay, I'll, I'll bring it up to a larger literary narrative. I oh. don't know what Lolita was about, 
but I'm pretty sure the fact that it was about each <laughs> girl was the last thing Vladimir Nabokov wrote of when he was writing the story. What? The, the oh. Wait, wait, what? What? I, I, I don't remember what Lolita, the book, was about. But I'm pretty sure when Vladimir Nabokov wrote the story, the last thing he wanted people to remember was the fact that it was an inappropriate love story. Uh, excuse me, that's the first thing he wanted people to remember. <laughs> oh my god! I haven't read this either, but I know this. The entire point was the guy's the guy's attraction dude i loaded the wikipedia and like in the first sentence of the plot it is about an adult obsessed with a 12 year old girl it is stated plain as day oh my god can we segue off of this please for the love of god i think we've made our point fine 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 i'm just saying i'm just saying that all these unnecessary details. Lolita was the worst example for you to bring up. Let's move on. Let's, let's, you guys want to move on. Uh, sinasabi ni Jace, bakit yung mga leading lady ni FPJ o senior citizen na tapos bakit yung mga leading lady niya. Yes, that was also creepy. I don't That's know about you, Chino. I also found it creepy and I wasn't even this progressive yet. Masyado kasi kayong woke, man. Masyado kayong woke. Can't suspend your reality no, for no, no, no. Right, to be, to be hours. All right, to be perfectly honest, it's really a gray area because at this point, Aliyah, technically, as, as a 19-year-old girl, she is well within her legal rights to be in a consenting adult relationship with someone who is 32. It's just that it's so fucking creepy. Yeah. The same way the Playboy bunnies they could get with Hugh Hefner. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let, let's segue off of that and talk about some other stuff going on in the world of WWE. Uh, Tegan Knox is currently out. She's on the injured list with a torn ACL. So Triple H confirmed that several the... hours ago. It's her third ACL tear. Yes. In so, the last wait, is it, years. is it legit? It's a, I yeah, thought yeah. it was like a storyline injury. No, no it's, it's, a, legit. it's a legit injury. They did a press release on Jesus it. Jesus Christ. That's, that's... Having three ACL tears when you only have two actual ACLs to begin with is pretty, it's, it's pretty shocking. Um, Oh, I don't know. Crazy. I don't know why she keeps getting. I don't. I know it's not like the flu, right? Like you can't catch an ACL there. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure there are things you can do to avoid putting so much strain on your knees. So you know, we can ask our. Well, we can ask our resident, uh, PT nurse, see Reddit Regal. Yeah, no, I, no. I think it has something to do with the fact that she has actually re-injured this uh, ACL before. So, baka, I don't know, and I'm just spitballing here. Baka mahina na siya after all this time. Yeah, man. I mean, it's another... ACL tear is one of the most devastating injuries in sports. You yeah, have for guys... Sure. Yeah, I, I, the reason I brought up Tegan's age is because she's only a year younger than Paige. See, Paige, yeah. she's 27, but she started wrestling at, what, 12, 13? Checking out Tegan's Wikipedia, it says she, she debuted in 2013 at the age of 19. So more or less, mga seven years palang siya nag wrestling, and sobrang brittle na ng knees niya. So it kind of makes you wonder how how much she has left in the tank. As a Tiga Knox fan, this makes me really sad, and I just want to see her back in the ring. So I, I I don't know what this means for her long time in ring uh, long term in ring future. I, I it doesn't look good, you see you see guys experience ACL tears in the NBA, and when they come back, they're never the same. The Tiga Knox, God bless her, 
able to do more when she came back from her ACL tear. She had to bow out of the Mayhem Classic. And she was still able to make a comeback on NXT. So good for her that they were able to do that for her. But at the same time, you gotta wonder how much left does she have? How much more left does she have in her back? If, if this keeps happening to her in such a, a small amount of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid for her future, really. It's likely that, you know, so I don't, uh, they'll be renewing her contract if she keeps getting injured like this. Uh, here's a question for you guys. Do you think that she has to change her wrestling style? The problem with wrestling is that high flyer shadow. Yeah. I've seen it, but it's not like it's not like the Young Bucks or the Lucha Bros, right? So it's not that bad really. Like she stays on the ground for the most part and I haven't really seen her take any that any big risks. So it's a matter of just unlucky and you know not having the greatest genes maybe maybe that's a factor i don't know because there is a it can happen that you can wrestle the safest style in the world and you still get injured i've seen it happen so i don't know i don't think that's a factor really all right at, at least i as a, as a podcast all we can say is that uh, we wish tegan Knox the best love tegan Knox a human can't wait to see her back in the ring and i i hope that this is the last injury that we'll have to talk about in regards to her one more topic before we get to our next break and that is the roman reigns and cm punk rumors in innuendo so can, can we break it down break it down please ro so basically roman was asked i can't remember if it, i think it was on complex sports at that he was asked what he would think of a roman reigns versus cm punk match so he says that he doesn't like CM Punk, but if the, basically if the fans want it to happen, he'll be down for it. And if it mean if, if it means you know drawing business and making the WWE rich and all that, he's down for it. Onuman, everyone, I saw that everyone was going crazy over it. Say, you know CM Punk, everyone wants to see CM Punk wrestle again, but I'm not as excited for it because remember, CM Punk has been away for so long, oh, six or seven years now by this year. And I don't think that we're going to get a prime CM Punk going up against Roman Reigns at this point. But Edge. Edge has been away longer. He was still able to perform. Oh, but I, I think Edge because it cared about wrestling. I don't think Punk cares the same way about Edge. Okay, I mean, fair point. Yeah, way, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, uh, fair point. Because uh, I agree with right. you guys that I, I don't think Punk cares enough to even make a comeback anymore. This is like yeah. the end rumor of him making a comeback CM Punk about he even put out a video a few months back of him taking a bump like a, a one bump in the ring to satisfy the fans right and to troll them right I, I feel like every time we hear a CM Punk rumor you have to take it with a whole lot of grains of salt say chances are they're just going to stay rumors they're not really going to go from there so when they say, oh, CM Punk wants to face Kenito, or this guy wants to face CM Punk, it's just, it's just fun talk. Like, it's just things people say. I think people just yeah, want rumor the, the war. I think people just want the war of words with Punk, you promo battles with Punk. But I don't really think they want the, the actual in-ring action. I don't think Punk has it anymore. That's just my hot take. Yeah, feeding go what we remember the most about CM Punk are his promos. Yeah. Right? Like I feel I remember that more than I remember the CM Punk matches. Right? 
Summer of Punk was essentially just a whole lot of promos with one or two matches in there. Or still good matches, but you remember the promos more. So if Punk were to make a comeback as, say, a manager, maybe, I'd be down for that. But, yeah. see him, but again, I don't see him making his way back as a talent anytime soon. Last rumor before we go to break. Sasha Banks and Bailey are being rumored to be in a Hell in a Cell match. I think this is a great choice. Because yeah. if you're not going to give it to Roman and Jay, the Sasha Bailey story deserves it. And it's one of the one of those times na sumakto yung timing ng Hell in a Cell dun sa pagkahaba ng isang long-term feud. Because normally, they just shoehorn it in. Eh. Oh, October na Hell in a Cell, perfect. When, when diba, classically or traditionally, you only reserve Hell in a Cell for the really, really brutal blood feuds. Yung sobrang sama na talaga ng loob nila against one another. Such a deep and bitter rivalry. And Sasha Bailey right now actually deserves it, even though it's only going to be their first match. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually planned for this the entire time. Like, they planned the arc of Sasha and Bailey winning the tag team championships, and then the breakup, and then the eventual Hell in a Cell match. Because as you said. So it's it's a possibility that they really did think about Hell in a Cell for this. And if they did, I approve I applaud them. Sana more storytelling like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, with with that said though, do you still feel the abortion of media? Like does it matter at this point? No, I don't want it. I don't want it to. It doesn't yeah, have to. I don't be. think it matters as well. Okay. Because I wanted to see Sasha win the rumble at least. I'm not saying that he just I'm not saying that it's not going to happen anymore. It's 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 wishful thinking on my end, just to you know give her that advantage. Ezekiel says, "Bahado well, uh, going again, main no. event on main event na hell in the cell." Yeah, it's also uh, another war. I don't know if it's just the recency bias, but I think I prefer this as a better women's main event than the Ronda Rousey Becky Lynch. Charlotte main event at WrestleMania. Well, yeah, well, for some mean, reason, there was something about that triple threat just that just felt off. Charlotte, Charlotte was the one that felt off. <laughs> yeah, but that was only because Ronda didn't want to tap out to the arm break. Ah, that's what the rumor Mel was saying. she, she, she as a serious MMA fighter with most of her victories coming by submission. Can't legitimately sell the what do you call it the this armor. So okay. she wanted the Fujiwara armor. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. armor. So yeah, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Kumu shoutouts and NXT Takeover Thirty One predictions. So let's hear from our other podcasts here on PNA. Hi mga matchat sexy chismosa ako nga pala si Makoy ang inyong corporate slave at ako nga pala si Ingo ang inyong corporate lucky Nabalitaan nyo na ba yung pinakabagong chismis? Nandito na kami ngayon sa Podcast Network Asia Oo nga kaya samaan nyo kami sa longest Longest? Running Ay yung pinakamahaba? Comedy Podcast sa buong Pilipinas Iba pa longest yun pinakamahaba Oo oh, man tayo yung pinakamahaba Ang macho chismisa. Dahil lang tunay na macho, chismoso. Pag longest ba, tayo rin yung pinakamatigas. Alright, let's uh, get to some Kumu shoutouts, Chino. Yeah, now I'm back. So, saying what's up to Logan01, who wants to ask us about our thoughts on the Ambabababababulance match. Nasanabi na natin. We just talked about it a while back. Listen to the upload tomorrow on Spotify. Sorry, yes, please. Catch our thoughts. Tapos sabi ni Large Fries, madalas pa yung chats ni Sia Pop sa mga matches. 
which is also another thing coming from us. Tyson Anaklad, sorry, Tyson Anaklad, there we go, says, nice stream, and he sent us a hello, hello, our way. Thank, Thank you. you. Right, thanks, Tyson. So Appreciate also it. saying what's up to a few newbies, Vista Life, Bruno Dars have just joined us on Kubu. Thank you so much for being here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. All right, we are down to our last stretch. So let's predict NXT TakeOver 31, which is happening October 4 in the US. So October 5, dito sa Pinas. Monday morning yan, Manila time. All right? And there are five matches uh, scheduled. And there's also a rumor na my returning NXT champion. So, so this was the vignette that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Pag-usapan muna natin yun. Because there are clues about the returning NXT champion. One of the clues was parang foundational piece of NXT, meaning... They were there since the beginning. And the other is na, yun nga, former NXT champion. So there aren't really a lot of names that qualify. I don't think that's Pac, obviously, because he is now with AEW. Who, um, I don't think it's Robert Roode because he's not necessarily foundational piece of NXT. It's either Big E or Big E or Bo Dallas. So I guess it's Bo Dallas? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel, how I feel about this because I guess you have to use him. He's on the payroll. No, my problem because is that if it's Bo Dallas, I am so say he was on Smack. He's technically under SmackDown, right? And SmackDown needs way more bodies, at least. So, parang if it was him, and he's going down to the crowded waters of NXT. But what if? Okay, stupid idea. What if it's Wade Barrett? He technically brought season one. <laughs> Actually, so, oh, 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 yeah. so that technically makes him a champion of NXT, being the first that... NXT winner, right? I don't know. I don't know what his ring shape is, but what, what no, I know he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to wrestle. That's why he okay. agreed. He agreed to an announcer role. Oh, okay. Uh, on his. But we'll this week, huh? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we don't know who it is. I mean, yeah, maybe. So, uh, Okay, so maybe Bo is the most viable candidate for this. I didn't catch his NXT run since he bought the NXT run. So I'm curious to see how they're gonna package him if it is indeed Bo Dallas. Yung maganda naman kasi sa NXT is that they're pretty good at repackaging people. Like si Finn Balor, diba? The Prince. It, it was a very simple repackage, but it's markedly different from the white meat baby face that Finn Balor ended up being on Raw. So I have enough faith in NXT to repackage somebody. Even Brizango, Briz- right? Brizango yeah. is essentially the same characters from, from SmackDown and Raw, pero mas serioso sila sa NXT. Or like you can take them seriously because they're not treated like jobbers on NXT. So it really depends on the booking. So you know, I, I trust NXT enough for that. The, the only thing, okay, sorry, just not to beat the dead horse. The only thing I have a problem with is if he's going to have the room to work. They keep getting guys, keep debuting guys. Like where is he gonna fall if it if it does indeed turn out to be Bo Dallas? So just have to wait and see. Let's start off with the main event for TakeOver 31. I'm really excited for this one. Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT championship. So it's kind of weird na Kyle O'Reilly is all of a sudden such an underdog baby face. I watched him NXT Kanina and there was a prime target video where they really built up Kyle O'Reilly as an underdog, somebody who really loves this business. For 15 years, he's si Finn Balor through every stop in Finn Balor's career. And then now, finally, he's na sila. And then you have the added uh, layer of the Undisputed Era, kung 
Re-resbahan ba nila si Kyle O'Reilly? If they're really supporting each other through all of this, how tight is their friendship talaga? It kind of gives me the same vibes as Evolution from 2004 when Randy Orton became Chris Benoit's number one contender. So I think it could go this way if Kyle O'Reilly wins, but th- I-, I have a very strong feeling that Finn will retain. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the Evolution vibes then, but I thought that you would have to have Kyle win for someone to turn on him, right? So I don't think that's happening either. I guess my pick is still Finn. Yeah, I'm going to still say Finn as well. Just because I think they're still confident, trying, or not even confident, trying to make Walter versus Finn an actuality. So yeah. I still say Finn. Okay, right. if that's the case, then what's the end game here? Why give Kyle O'Reilly this type of blow up all of a sudden? Or glow, uh, glow up? Well, I, I think they need more baby faces on top of the NXT card because. A lot of the faces are concentrated around not necessarily Finn, but they're not really on the title picture. Remember when we had the four-man championship match a couple of a few weeks ago? It was Johnny Gargano, Champa, Cole, and Finn, and really Cole and Finn were the only faces there. Yeah. So I think with Champa and Gargano in the mid card. They need new top faces. And I think as a whole, they're making the Undisputed Era. Not the one as a whole, because you still got Fish and Strong uh, in the tag team division. As heels. Yes, as as heels inexplicably. But I think they're experimenting with making new stars, which is a good thing, actually. They, they They do need to build new stars. I mean, I see what they're doing with Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed is for sure the next big baby face, but he's pretty much following the Keith Lee mold. And... I think ito yung consequence of Keith Lee being pulled away right after he lost the NXT Championship to Karrion Cross. Consequence din to of Dijak being turned into T-Bar. All of a sudden, nawalan ka ng top baby faces eh. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm a Kyle O'Reilly fan. I have been for a good number of years now. It's just so sudden. And I, I uh, other than what we just discussed right now, Nico gets talaga, like, why else would they do this if not to turn Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era against him? Ikaw, Chino, what do you think? I feel like they all uh, you brought up Bronson Reed and I totally agree. He's on his way to becoming the next big baby face. That said, I feel like they prematurely we've already passed this point, but they prematurely pulled out guys like Dijak and like Keith Lee from the NXT roster. They were only to use them on Raw to whatever extent they are being used in. However, this NXT has always done a great job of of building its stars. It's always done a great job of introducing us to newer characters in its later iterations. So I don't have a problem with them building new characters. But if they can sell me the idea of somebody like Kona Reeves, for lack of a better Esther. Or Pinoy Pride. Pinoyan. Yeah. Or or somebody. Somebody in their in those rats and turn them into their top baby face. Then why not? Then what? Gives somebody some gives the people somebody new to cheer for. I think NXT has been in a perpetual rebuilding phase since uh, WrestleMania. And it's only gonna get worse when the draft rolls around next week. So Talagang if we can't understand why these guys are suddenly getting a shot, it's only because they don't have faces at the top right now. And also, yeah. 
see more Sorry. people get that push after the draft. Also, the big Rona is still around, so I'm pretty sure there are guys that are or haven't made their way to Florida just yet. So, yeah, um, for whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason. Not necessarily sure who these guys are, but uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. People are just being shuffled around, I guess, just so you know they have they have spots to fill. Masako, I'm just super excited for this. I, I don't think I've been excited for an NXT main event uh, since, I think, Gargano Cole from last year. So, ito, Finn Balor to Kylo, uh, versus Kylo Riley definitely one to watch out for. Next up, NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think Candice wins. Uh, because I think Candice and Johnny will achieve yung goal nila of being couple, uh, the power couple in my champions. Championships. So yeah, so uh, I'm gonna say I think it's Gargano and Candice. Wow, I'm okay. gonna say Candice wins because Io gets drafted to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I'm gonna Probably. say Candice wins as well because even if Io doesn't get drafted, it at least legitimizes the Gargano win. Yes, yeah, it's a it, give, it gives credence to that whole new persona that they both have. Because it's right, a long time right. coming for Candice LeRae. So, so, we have been waiting for Candice LeRae to get this type of push. And while I've believed na Candice was one of those pure babyface characters that never to turn heel, if this is what it takes to get her to a championship, then fine. I mean, just look at all the heels, they, the faces they turned heel. Io Shirai started out as this pure babyface. And now look at where she's at. She's face. She's I know. She's no, a I mean, but, but before that, wasn't she a heel? Wasn't yeah, she, she was a crazy, crazy person. The bat. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if, if this is what it takes, then I'm all for it. I guess. Fine. Fine. Next up, Damien Priest versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. Yeah, I I think it's Gargano. I think he'll win. Parang uh, ano, they can they can really flaunt the Gargano way. Na magasawa silang champion. I say mm-hmm. I, begrudgingly. That as well, because I love Damien Priest. I don't want to see him lose the title just yet, but then at the same time, it makes more sense if Gargano becomes a two time North American champion. Damien Priest has been turned into a face now, uh, slowly, but I think he's gonna retain. I think uh, he, they need him on that spot right now. Yeah, they do. They really do need someone to hold the fort as the upper mid card faced champion. I mean, he has been a babyface for, for quite some time. Hindi siya yung sasabihin mong ideal babyface, diba? A lot of them on yeah. NXT are actually gray area characters right now. Damien Priest being one of them. Another one that I think is on that trajectory is Ridge Holland. So I, I sung his praises a few weeks back here on the podcast. And if you watched yung episode of NXT this week, they kind of put him there in that role na, na basagulero badass, na babyface, pero hindi siya pure babyface. So they kind of used Cameron Grimes to establish that. And I think na I don't know. I like the gray area. We love the gray area on the pod. I just wish that they didn't use it on everybody so it didn't feel stale. Oh, that's what I'm kind of worried about. They're also kind of doing that on some of the main roster guys. So Sana, they don't overuse it. We still do need some of the clean cut characters. Okay, moving on. Ito, clean cut. Yeah, clean cut to... Santos Escobar, pure heel versus Isaiah Serve Scott, pure babyface for the cruiserweight championship. I, as a guy who covers the cruiserweights, I think it's still Santos is to retain. I say it's gonna be good. Swerve is gonna be good, but 
they still need to push the the faction. Same. Tina, your thoughts on this? Agree. I'll just I am just mirroring what Rome said. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you guys remember you matchups in La Salucha Underground when they were more known as Killshot and King Cuerno. Those were good matches between between. Yeah, them. they were. Diba? Great I think they had like a couple of matches in season two or season three. Tama ba? Am yeah. I remembering it right? Probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect the same quality because it's a different style here. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Pero, right, but it's a cruiserweight championship match, so I do expect some level of excellence. So this this would be a sneaky a sneaky banger a sleeper banger yeah. for uh, yeah. this card. Ako rin, they have great I'll chemistry. Predicting yeah. Santos to retain. They do. They do. Let's acknowledge Julio really quick sa comment section. He also misses the pure babyface characters of Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. And he, he, yeah, he says na gray area babyface. You a perfect term to describe a lot of these guys that are coming up on NXT, like yeah, Sina Ridge Holland, Damian Priest, all that. Finally, on uh, the takeover card, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. I can't help but feel that given the controversy surrounding Velveteen Dream, that they're just really using this to prop up Kushida at Dream's expense, which I frankly don't mind. Sana, sana nga, because they're kind of pushing Kushida again. I don't know to what end though, but I do hope that this is them actually punishing. Dream and making the most out of a controversy. Yeah, not because I want to see Dream get punished, but because I like where this is going for Kushida. They're giving him a weird edge, sort of. Like that's that's the thing. I, I this is the thing I feel like the WWE misses the point on a lot with the Japanese wrestlers because a lot of them don't really speak English that well. They have a harder time trying to get over in in promos and in action spots, sort of. So they have to do it in other ways, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I feel like with this one, I'm more enthused by the idea of seeing where it goes, rather than just you know shoving it aside. All right, there you have it. Those are our predictions for NXT TakeOver 31. Let us know what you think. If you have violent reactions or violent comments, our Twitter feeds are fair game. At Wrestling2XPod, at Roeswar, at ChinaSupersized, at underscore Stancy. Don't forget to Camus with the violent reactions. Love lang, love lang for Camus. At Caveman Camus. Right? Anything else that we have to talk about before we sign off? No, I think that's it. Uh, that's pretty much it for the big news yeah. of the week. One of the picks. Okay. Chino, last minute Kumu shoutout style before we get to our picks of the week. All right. Saying what's up to our newbies, Path and Akina Lior. Hello to all of you. Thank you for joining. Also, what's up to Hercules, to users 4736080 and 377-9632. Hello to both of you. Name, please. Claude and Fortitude, hello to you as well. Yeah, All right. Thank it. you so much to everybody on Kumu. Salamat sa, sa mga Facebook viewers leaving comments, keeping the discussion going. Gusto ko yung nag-uusap tayong tatlo, and then nakikinig sila, and then may sarili silang discussion thread sa comments. I actually appreciate yeah, that. So That's really great. To all of you guys, to Kevin, Julio, Shepard LTO, Jacob, JK, Admin Angelo, John Christopher, Dave, all you guys, maraming salamat. You have no idea how much it really helps us here on the pod. Okay, let's top things off now with our picks of the week. It is one match or segment or promo, pwedeng article din or a video that that came out this week that you recommend and is must-watch if you only have time for one. So I'm going to start and I will pick 
the Sammy, uh, yung, yung triple threat in a Sammy, AJ, and Jeff Hardy for the Intercontinental Championship. And then follow up jan na reading material yung Sami Zayn article on TheRinger.com. So that was written by JJ McGee, who you may be familiar with on Twitter as MythGifs. So very creative yung pagkakasulat niya about how Sami Zayn lost all of his wrestling moves. I love how uh, it was very nuanced. So go check that out if you love Sami Zayn. You're, you're really going to enjoy that. Also, Sami Zayn is the guest on the New Day pod. Um, it's, an week, interesting, yeah. it's an interesting listen. I was telling Camos that he's a lot like Sami Zayn in, in the way that they both sprout. So We've been you. <laughs> so, so that makes a lot of sense. Before I get to my pick, I'd like to say thank you to the follower, Ur Henners, for just following us. On Fubu. Thank you for the follow, Erhenners. My pick of the week goes to this show, the Clash of, Clash of Champions main event, and that is Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. At the very least, at least now I know which one is Jay and which one is Jay. Jimmy <laughs> 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 has cornrows. I, I was I, for the longest time. I I thought they were interchangeable. Now at least now I know. Uh, so. I, I, I had to learn that on Sunday when I was watching the Chronicle episode. Yeah, you know, that also helped. The, the Chronicle episode was My really takeaway cool. is Jimmy is the better looking so Dave, you isa may cross na tattoo, yung isa wala. And Trevor, you can't see the, t- the, t- the tattoo all the time, right? Yeah. Right. So when, when, from a certain angle, because they are identical twins, who's who, right? But now at least I know. Yeah, it's also in the hair. So the hair is the biggest giveaway. Also the hair, right. yes. The hair. Yeah, yeah. All right, my pick of the week is from the G1 Climax, but it's still the best wrestling you can catch every other day of the week. So going on probably until the middle of October, my pick is Tomohiro Ishii versus Kota Ibushi. It was really crazy. As usual, Ibushi wants to kill himself while still trying to win the entire thing. But all of the, most of the, G1 Climax matches are really must-watch matches. So if you can spare the time, they're really less than three hours this time around. Go catch that. Must uh, digestible right now. All right. Time for some plugs. I'm going to start with plugs on behalf of myself and Ro and our boy Chris Panzer. If you, ha- if you haven't heard yet, we have local version version and cameo. It's called shoutout.com. So it's spelled S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T.com. So if you know how Cameo works, good and then epic fan experiences, that's what that's what they bring to you. So uh, just log on, create an account, and then you can find whoever you want a shout-out from. So I have one. Ro has a shout-out. Chris Panzer has a shout-out. JDL and Ken Warren have a shout-out. Main Max coming Max. soon. So you can request a shout-out from all of us individually or kung gusto nyo, MSG, mumurahin ka namin isa isa, pwede rin. <laughs> 500 lang. By oh, 500 way, um, lang. Mm. So, kumikitang kabuhayin. Kailangan natin yan. Except uh, <laughs> budget tayo, diba? Hard times. Yes, so, yes, go sir. check it out. Shoutout.com. Shoutout to Gabe Ojeda and the rest of the Shoutout team. To Ella, Elizar, and, and all of them for putting that together. Really happy to be part of the Shoutout experience. Cool pals ba kayo? Nagmumura na kayo ng tao yeah, we're healed, right? I mean, we're healed. We're wrestling heels. Oh, have you forgotten what MSG does, Chino? Okay, fine. I'm just saying. That's good. Kung gusto nila, happy birthday, Kung gusto happy anniversary, Kung gusto nila pasayawin si Chris Panzer na para macho dancer, 
Man, if he dances for 500 pesos, hindi ko alam kung nasaan mapupunta yung mga halo-halo ni Lance Tan. Ang buwa nun, man. Touché. Check out my other podcast, by the way, On Deck. So the latest episode came out yesterday and it featured my good friend DJ Chloe, who is now part of Qatar Broadcasting Services. So talk about her uh, long radio career and how she made her way to the Middle East. Go check that out on Spotify and on all your favorite podcast platforms. I have a new episode of Class Clown out. It's available on Spotify and on Anchor. Just search Chino Liao or Class Clown with Chino Liao this week. We are talking about K drama. That's one of the phenomenon that phenomena that I'm plural of phenomena. That's come out. That's come out during the quarantine, and I wanted to get to the bottom of why it's so popular. So I invited Sandor Gerlan, Michael Andres, and Tita Marian, both from the PNA family, to talk hey. about why why K drama is K drama. Yeah, why why it's so popular. So please check it out. It's available on all on Spotify, Anchor, and on iTunes. Right. Right, right. Uh, 500, 500 na kami sa shout out kasi hindi pa kami Rian Ramos levels. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, right? I mean, like, we gotta be humble. Oh, um, <laughs> right. Uh, the only thing I'll plug is my Twitch stream yet again, uh, twitch.tv slash Shang underscore daddy, uh, playing all kinds of different games. Uh, my squad, my high school squad, got me to play Left 4 Dead 2, like it's 2009 all over again. We'll probably do that later, so keep an eye out for it. I might post it on Facebook. To go to one other thing I'll plug is Smart Henry. It's smarthenry.com. We've been coming out with some really good stuff, or at least really constant stuff in the wake of the you know the lockdown quarantine. Stan's got a new column. It's really good. Uh, people have been, you know, writing their feelings out, their, their resting opinions out. So please read and please, you know, share and comment and talk about wrestling with us. And one final plug, the Chili Willy episode is out. It is on Spotify. It's available wherever else you can download your, your favorite podcast. So check that out. We talked to the former ECW star. Uh, Ro calls him the Norman Black of Philippine <laughs> wrestling. And I think appropriate naman yung comparison, yeah? So, uh, Chili Willy, everybody's favorite coach. Uh, he chimes in, Damin yung feelings, and yeah. we get into a very good discussion about racial tensions in America and how we as Filipinos feel about it and where we fit in all of it. So, um, if you want to know more about the perspective of a black man who lives in the Philippines, yun, um, it, it's very early on in the episode. All right? As for us, though, we got to get out of here and uh, we'll come back next week, same time. Same spot, 7 p.m. on Thursday for the live show. Tapos yung audio-only version. We've got another interview that we are trying to line up by next week. In the meantime, follow us at Wrestling2XPod on Twitter, at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on IG, and at Wrestling Wrestling Pod on Kumu. Individually at underscore Stan C, at Rois War, at China Supersized, and for the Indisposed Camus, at Caveman Camus. Thank you to Babyface producer Nikai Lucanias for putting this all together and to the Podcast Network Asia family for doing all the hard work that they keep doing through the time of the pandemic. This concludes this episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Maraming maraming salamat. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast out. Peace. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.